Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is one body and one spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. your servant's grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God, forever and ever. A reading from the book of Genesis. In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, 
And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God sent them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves, of every kind, with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, 
and wild animals of the earth of every kind, and it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Yeah. 
A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the God who creates us, redeems us, and sustains us. Amen. Barbara Brown Taylor tells the story of finding a bulky envelope taped to the hood of her car one Trinity Sunday morning. Upon opening it, she found a Three Musketeers candy bar and a note which read, all for one and one for three, happy Trinity. Barbara further muses, meanwhile, I do not know why we hold ourselves responsible for explaining things that cannot be explained. Perhaps the most faithful sermon on the Trinity is one that sniffs around the edges of the mystery, hunting for something closer to an experience than understanding. I'd like to invite you this morning to sniff around the edges of this mystery we call the Trinity not for the purpose of attempting to explain it. Rather, let us see together whether we can experience at least something of what the Trinity is about. In doing so, we will be experiencing something of God. I don't know exactly why, but I've always been personally fascinated by the doctrine of the Trinity and attempts 
both historic and contemporary to define, explain, or describe it. My very first theology paper in seminary dealt with the question, if Jesus was God, then to whom was he praying? We had to read these papers out loud in class prior to questions and discussion. It was no small thing for a first-year seminary student to do this. My answer to the question, coming after three pages of what I thought were tight arguments of reason based on scripture and tradition as well, was that Jesus was praying to a part of himself in a way similar to what we experience when we say, for example, that someone musters up courage in order to do something courageous. I got a round of applause from the class, who apparently liked the way in which I argued the matter, but I received a B minus on the paper because our theology professor could poke quite a few holes in what I thought was fairly good reasoning. But the question, to whom was Jesus praying when he prayed, is only one of many that faithful Christians throughout the ages have posed in attempts to understand who Jesus was and is, who God is, and what the Holy Spirit is all about. I mean, are we talking about three different people? If not, then how can God the Father send a son into the world? How can either of them send the Holy Spirit? Whose spirit is it anyway? Is it Jesus' spirit? God's spirit? A different spirit altogether? Who are all these people? First of all, the doctrine of the Trinity arises out of humanity's many attempts to describe God. The prophet Isaiah tried. The prophet Isaiah writes, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance on him, Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. John, the writer of Revelation, tried. At once I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, and one seated on the throne. And the one seated there looks like jasper and carnelian. And around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Countless scholars, theologians, poets, mystics, and ordinary people like you and me have also tried at one time or another to describe God, or at least to describe our experience of God. The problem is that it is rarely the same experience twice, let alone twice in a row. 
Sometimes God appears in a burning bush that doesn't consume itself, and sometimes God comes as utter silence. Sometimes God comes into our own lives as a judge, confronting us with some wrong we have done or giving the white glove test to a mess we have made. And other times, God comes as a mother hen, providing shelter for us in the face of danger or disaster. Sometimes God comes to us as a hurricane which blows all of our certainties about God away. Other times, God comes to us as divine host, feeding and nourishing us with God's presence. Sometimes God is a dazzling supreme monarch. Other times, a suffering servant. God is many, which is at least one of the mysteries behind the doctrine of the Trinity. That faith statement is our confession that God comes to us in all kinds of ways, as different from one another as they can be. The other mystery is that God is one. There cannot be a mean God and a nice God, a God of Hebrew scripture and a God of the New Testament. When we experience God in contradictory ways, that's our problem, not God's. We cannot solve it by driving wedges into the divine self. All we can do is decide whether to open ourselves up to a God whose freedom and imagination boggles our minds. But then we Christians make this very particular claim that Jesus of Nazareth was and is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of God. We claim Jesus was and is God. And we further claim, through the scriptures and experience, that there is this Holy Spirit, Jesus' Spirit, and God's Spirit, too, that is Jesus and God's way of being with us even to the end of the age. So then, In our attempts to describe God or our experience of God, we also seem to want to find a way to talk about how God relates to God's self within God's self. How do the first person, creator, father, God, and the second person, Redeemer, Son, God, and the third person, Sanctifier, Holy Spirit, God, relate to one another. Are they really three distinct entities? How do we affirm the oneness of God while embracing these three distinct experiences of God? Metaphors abound, a simpler one being that of H. 
H2O in its three incarnations as water, ice, and steam. Same substance, three different manifestations. But I want to share with you another image of Trinity, which I was reminded of while on sabbatical in 1998. It is an icon, and I rejoice to say that icon is right over here at the side altar. It is an icon written by the 15th century Orthodox monk, Andrei Rublev, in Moscow. The three divine persons, and I'll, the, some of the congregants over here can probably see it directly, but I invite you to come take a look at it afterwards. It's it's a very familiar icon to most of us. The three divine persons are seated at a table. In the slight inclinations of their heads toward each other, and in the gestures of their hands, a deeper unity of the three is expressed. A chalice on the table symbolizes the sacrifice of the sun on Golgotha for the redemption of the world. The painting originated in the story of Abraham and Sarah told in Genesis chapter 18, who receive and richly entertain three men from whom they receive God's promise of a son in spite of Sarah's old age. A later interpretation claims that the three men were angels, while some claim that Sarah and Abraham actually met the triune God. Rublev omitted Abraham and Sarah from the icon, leaving only the three angels. The figures are androgynous, that is, not gender-specific. They look similar, yet different. They are gathered round the table for a meal offered through the hospitality of their hosts, Abraham and Sarah, who are not present. If you contemplate this icon for any length of time, as I have, you can easily become mesmerized by the hands of each of the three. Each of the figure's right hands are held in a position of blessing, and each points to something in the icon. If you follow the hands with your eyes, you will begin to follow a circular motion, clockwise, is this way, me pointing to you, clockwise, that catches you up into it as if on another plane of perpetual reality. It is an amazing icon. There is a word for this movement. It is a Greek word, perichoresis, perichoresis. Perichoresis means cyclic movement. 
and it was popularized by an 8th century theologian to describe the mutual indwelling of the persons of the Trinity in a ceaseless overflowing of love. Now here's the fun part. Recent theologians have compared this communion of shared divine life as represented in Rublev's icon to a dance, partly because perichoresis is similar to the Greek word perichoreo, which means to dance around, from which our English word choreography comes. Dancing together implies mutuality as partners move together and the movements of one influence those of the other. Dancing together involves unity as the movements of all contribute to the dance without losing the individuality of any. This metaphor can also depict an open trinity who invites all creation to join the dance. So there it is. The trinity as a dance to which all are invited. Each individual moves differently, yet it is one dance, one movement, one whole. Ruth Duck, associate professor of worship at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary in Chicago, wrote a prayer based on this metaphor of the Trinity as dynamic movement, as a dance involving all of creation. It is with her prayer that I close. Holy Spirit, who moved at the beginning of creation, teach me your divine dance that I may move with you. Through my hands, invite others to the circle of love that we may move in rhythm together. Praise be to you, Spirit, who breathes the pulse of life. Through Jesus Christ, who danced among us to the glory of God the source, in whom we live and move and have our being. Amen. We'll choreograph.
The candidates will now be presented. Bishop, I present Alexandra Beale Harrington Barker, Antonio Arismende Diaz Leonardo, Calvin Clarence Dutois, Christina Elizabeth Dutois, and Philip Richard Rodriguez for confirmation. I present Gretchen Buchenholz to be received into this communion, and I present Jennifer Elizabeth Long Diaz and Barbara Griffith Whitney, who desire to reaffirm their baptismal vows. Candidates, do you reaffirm your renunciation of evil? I do. Do you renew your commitment to Jesus Christ? As you are able, will the congregation please stand? Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? We will. Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? In God the Holy Spirit. Will you continue in the Apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. Let us now pray for these persons who have renewed their commitment to Christ. Deliver them, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open their hearts to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill them with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep them in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach them to love others in the power of the Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send them into the world in witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring them to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake that our works may find favor in your sight. 
We remember our link parish, St. Stephen with St. John in the Diocese of London. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. We especially pray for Victoria, Gina, John, Shane, Nalani, Dawn, Emma, Elfie, Evelyn, Elaine, Pat, Cecil, Alfia, Michael, Aunt May, John, Bertie, Sean, Javon, and Juan, James, Midge, Audrey, Carol, Ashley, Patrick, Felix, Bo, and Carol. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Almighty God, we thank you that by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you have overcome sin and brought us to yourself, and that by the sealing of your Holy Spirit, you have bound us to your service. Renew in these your servants the covenant you have made with them at their baptism. Send them forth in the power of that Spirit to perform the service you set before them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The congregation may be seated. <clears throat> Strengthen your servant, Alexandra, O Lord. Empower her with your Holy Spirit and sustain her all the days of her life. Amen. Strengthen, O Lord, your servant Antonio with your Holy Spirit. Empower him for your service and sustain him all the days of his life. Amen. Strengthen, O Lord, your servant Calvin with your Holy Spirit. Empower him for your service and sustain him all the days of his life. Amen. Strengthen, O Lord, your servant Christine with your Holy Spirit. Empower her for your service and sustain her all the days of her life. Amen. Strengthen, O Lord, your servant Philip with your Holy Spirit. Empower him for your service and sustain him all the days of his life. Amen.
Gretchen. We recognize you as a member of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and we receive you into the fellowship of this communion. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless, preserve, and keep you. Amen. Jennifer, may the Holy Spirit, who has begun a good work in you, direct and uphold you in the service of Christ and his kingdom. Amen. Barbara, may the Holy Spirit, who has begun a good work in you, direct and uphold you in the service of Christ and his kingdom. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, let your fatherly hand ever be over these your servants. Let your Holy Spirit ever be with them and so lead them in the knowledge and obedience of your word, that they may serve you in this life and dwell with you in the life to come, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As you are able, will the congregation please stand? The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning to you all. I won't break up the piece, but I will simply remind you that there will be an opportunity to greet the bishop and um, exchange a word or two with her at the coffee hour, the reception that follows this service. So please join us if you can 
Uh, that will be in Drazel Hall, our fellowship hall, which can be reached either through the corridor passageway that way or outside across the garden into the next building. So please do stop by and say hello to Bishop Mary Glasspool and uh, welcome her. Um, she's changing clothes right now, so we won't talk too much. But thank you so much, Bishop, for being here. Um, it's, a, it's a joy. And uh, I built you up in terms of being my favorite preaching bishop. And, um, and you didn't disappoint, so no thank you so much. No wonder the, the choir was like, you better do good. That's right, <laughs> that's right. Do you want to say I, Yeah, okay. I, I just want to say what a joy it is for me and a privilege and an honor to be with you all at Holy Trinity on Trinity Sunday and to um, have the privilege of confirming, receiving, and reaffirming the baptismal vows, particularly of the people who came forward just a few minutes ago. So um, thank you for the glorious music, for the wonderful leadership of your Rector John. Uh, thank you, thank you. And the diocese, the rest of the diocese is proud of you, so keep up the good work. Thank you, Bishop. Please do notice the bulletin insert, the announcements, especially notice the envelope in there, uh, which goes toward the Bishop's Discretionary Fund. And um, like the Rector's Discretionary Fund, but on a larger level, that allows bishops to, to be generous on our behalf and to do creative things to help people in need. And so I encourage you to please give generously if you're able to. If not, say a prayer and, and wish a good wish. Um, also, you'll notice the, the weekly news. One version is in your uh, bulletin leaflet. You can get a, a larger version by email every Thursday. And that version has photographs and links to other things. So please sign up to receive it by email, and then you'll know all the gossip that comes from Holy Trinity. Um, thanks to a handful of those who are in this room and beyond who helped us clean out the gym yesterday. The great big container of junk on the street is all ours, soon to be someone else's, and we need yet another container. So we're going to keep cleaning up this summer and throwing out. Um, so thanks so much to those who helped, and if you weren't able to stop by or wanted to help, uh, there'll be another day when we, we don't need quite as much help, but we'll need to do a few things. So. Uh, file that away on your calendar. Uh, please know that wherever you come from, if you have a faith in Jesus Christ, uh, we welcome you to participate in Holy Communion. Um, please, please know that the welcome is here and the table is generous. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself an offering and sacrifice to God.
Gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself, in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this, for the remembrance of me. 
celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven. Alleluia! Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast. Alleluia! gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The blessing, mercy, and grace of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever.
up that completely.
Good thing we had that bag to remind us that that was in there. 